We live? Oh, okay. Yeah, we are live. Yo, welcome to Beat People Podcast. This is episode 46. Um, some topics of discussion today is going to be... Um, uh-oh. Hold on. Hold on. Boom. Technical difficulties. Okay, now we, we better now. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about Super Booth. We're going to talk about some cool new sort of uh, wave table modules that have come out. We're going to talk about the matriarch and, um, you know, just kind of bolster a couple things from Super Booth. Uh, a couple of the crew is going to be out of Super Booth, so this should be fun. Uh, let's do a little roll call. Who we got? What up, Cam? You there? Yo, I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm always here. Um, you are. This is true. Yeah, so uh, I just want to say real quick, uh, shout out to Free Comic Book Day. I just got done rocking Free Comic Book Day with the kids, and I love Free Comic Book Day. So, <coughs> word. <laughs> What's going on there? I'm like a, a week late. <laughs> You're near Squid. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, so, so yeah. Let me tell the people. This is a. This is a. Uh, before we do roll call, let me just tell people. This is a interesting time for me. For those that don't know, I have a 18 year old daughter, and she's graduating this year. So last week was prom, and I shouldn't have scheduled the show on prom weekend because that's stupid. And so we got graduation and stuff coming up. So hopefully we'll get a little more um, uh, consistent with this after these festivities are over. So I appreciate y'all rocking with me. I appreciate you keeping up with us, uh, uh, Inky. And um, yo, we got Shonda. Yeah, that's what's happening. Now Shonda's up in here, though. Yeah. So yeah, we got uh, Ken and Shiro. What's going on, bro? <laughs> what up, what up, chilling yeah, live on location, Smogville, a.k.a. Los Angeles. Word, Smogville, that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Word up, out, man on the on the beat, he's out on the, yeah. in the streets, man on location. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start interviewing people as I walk by him and shit. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about my bath? <laughs> oh, well, you know what, that's, that's the kind of stuff that happens, though. I was, um, I caught um, Chip Fu from Food Clicker. Chip yeah. was doing a live, and I got on there. Right. And he was like, "Yo, what up, B boy?" <laughs> and, and, and we were chatting, and I said, "Yo, we got to get you on some." Oh, and he was you. like, "Yo, we got to get you on some mod mod mod." Yo, Chip Fu is a monster. Yo, we also got Ali in the place. Ali, the architect. Yo, yo, what up, Ali in the building? What's going on, y'all? Chilling, man. Good to have you. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm back. Yeah. So, yo, I know you are about to embark on an uh, a, a international excursion over to, um, um, what is it? Super Booth. Super Booth. Tell yeah, us about man. Booth a little bit, man. What's going on? Um, yeah, we're going to head out to Super Booth. Um, you know, just try to see some new modules and what's coming out. Um, you know, meet up with some developers, see, you know, try to make some connections and, uh, to see what's coming out this, you know, in the next summer. Word. See what kind of modules we are gonna be getting. If there's anything we can use for the Bat Nation. Yeah, that's what's up. That's some Diddy. <laughs> Yo, you're gonna be going out there with Aaron too, right? Yeah. That's Aaron dope. coming out. So you know. Me and oh, him I didn't know Aaron was going too. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna have a good time. Yep. We staying in the same hotel, everything, man. So yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be mobbing for the squad. Well, now I feel left out. I should have gone. 
Yeah, I was actually, uh, when I was talking to Aaron, I was going to plan to come out. But like I said, I got so many activities going on that, like, I thought it was best, like, listen, bro, you better sit down. <laughs> now, but I'm going next year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yo, let's jump into, I'm pretty excited, man. And y'all know this already. And anybody that follows me on Instagram probably knows this already. I have been on 10 because one of my favorite modules came back with a V2 version, Qubit Electronics Cord V2. And so I've been rocking that joint and it's got so many more uh, features on it and it's half the, the HP, it's half the size. Um, so I've been figuring stuff out on it and just really been grooving. Even this morning when I was getting ready, I was uh, playing some of the Instagram video over the Bluetooth speaker. And hey, yo, that joint is banging. I, I got a million ideas. What y'all feeling about that Core V2? Feeling like I want one. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That, that's that's made of want and need. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the thing that gets me is I'm looking at it and I'm seeing that you can add your own wavetables in and it's compatible with the E352 uh wave edit uh oh, nice. program, which is dope. And then the fact that like so you get your waveform out like your your main out but then you like the root and then you get uh what is it like a, a third a fifth and a seventh and a seventh out of it mm -hmm. and we were kind of talking about different patch ideas the other day and we were talking about how like well if you could patch a fifth out of that thing it's almost like doing ratio fm on it so like you could do some really interesting self-patching on that thing and it got me it got me kind of hyped just thinking about it and plus the form factor is right yeah. oh it's just so on yeah yeah, 14 HP. Come on, man. It's a no-brainer. I mean, especially after I seen uh Corey post that first Instagram post, I was just like, Yeah, I'm not yeah. waiting after Super Bowl, bro. Like, I was gonna wait till after, but I was like, you know what? Nah, let's get this ordered. The amount will be here Monday. <laughs> I got a few holes in my rack right now, and I'm like, there, there's a few things on my list that I would really, really like Two to cop. Holes in and my rack. As soon as that <laughs> thing popped up, I was like, man. It might, it might have to happen. I, I'm not sure yet. I'm, I'm still kind of like, I'm still slightly on the fence, not because of the sound of it, just because I'm, I'm trying to decide what direction my rack needs to go. But that thing is like, yeah, it, it, it could definitely you can happen. See, you can see right here. I think y'all can see the screen. So it obviously, it has the root, the third, the, the, the fifth, the seventh, and the mix. I typically go mix out, but you can also go any of those other ones out too, right? But if you That's notice. Up, uh, you got the bank, you got wave. So these things were already there wave, voicing, quality, and uh, volt per octave. So I think the lead may be new. Uh, you always had the voicing knob, quality knob, and you know, the frequency waveform and that kind of stuff. Uh, but the bank is new, the linear FM is new, and uh, the lead is new. So what I've been doing is going mix out, throwing the volt per octave in. And then I've been sending a, uh, a envelope from um, from Zadar into the lead, and then you know doing one of them weird steppy sort of shapes out of Zadar, mm -hmm. so it's actually creating a melody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the lead. So what is the lead doing? Uh, I have to read the manual, man. I don't know. It seems, 
I don't know yet. It, it's just literally. I, nah, just I don't know. It sounds cool though. <laughs> <laughs> so it may be the root note. If I'm not, it may be the root note. Um, that's what it seems like it is. And then, and then, so another thing I've been doing is I've been taking the fifth. Like Ken was saying, I discovered this last night. I think it was last night. I took take the fifth and throw that into some self doing self patching, taking the fifth out and throwing that into the linear FM, and then dialing that in and 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 then modulating voicing and the bank, and uh, or, or voicing and wave. And what I'm starting to get is like this wave that's or, or these chords that are really simple chords, but then they start to modulate and wave around and. And move around, a lot of movement in them, and then that that linear FM and add a little bit of delay. That's just super sweet, bro. Super yeah, I'm gonna say something sweet. that is not at all to um, belittle this module in any way, because like the module's crazy dope, and there's a lot I really like about it. But whenever one thing that always keeps giving me pause now is like whenever I see a really interesting module design like this, I'm like. Wonder if I can build that in the 301. Word. <laughs> right? and, and like, no, don't get it twisted. I'm not expecting it to sound like that, but like, you know, maybe to I'm tide me over for a couple of weeks. <laughs> maybe I could do because I'm trying to see everything that drops at Super Bowl. Like, I'm trying to see everything before because I, I don't have unlimited funds. So I'm like, Word. I need to see everything. But dude, that thing. Yeah, and the patches that I've heard you doing on it, man, definitely speak to me. So I'm like, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, really it's super high on my list right now. You know, the, another thing is that it has uh, SD card. The, the first one did not have banks or SD cards, so you can load your own waveforms. It has its own waveforms, and it has eight banks of waveforms. So Do you know how many waveforms are in uh, each bank? I don't know, but I can I can look it up and find out. But it, it does have waveforms in each bank. So at the top, you know, you see the the LEDs, major, minor, right, all through across all the way to star. Um, basically, what those are each bank. So when you turn the bank knob, one of those will turn white momentarily. Mm -hmm. That means you're in that bank. So it's one through eight, and so you can modulate that. Or you can modulate the waveform uh, or any other stuff. And uh, what else is it? Oh, it has free range mode. So you can address each of the four voices individually by pressing this mode button. And so there's a couple ways you can do it. So it's a really power packed uh, joint. And I'm going to go back one little step here <clears throat> because. You could see, obviously, this is a chord up here, but then you can kind of go back in time and check out what they were looking like before. This one in the bottom middle was the original chord Damn. in 2016. He has a big footprint. That was the yeah. analog joint. You remember that? That was the analog joint. It never made it to market, but it came to NAM, and I got one of the original videos of it uh, on my site, bboytechreport.com where I'm talking about Chord V2, you can actually see the video in that article where the announcement for Chord V2 is in there. So bboytechreport.com news. Um, and, and so you see this, it's four analog voices. And by the time it came to market, it was digital and it looked quite different. And so it became the one to the, to the right of it uh, because they uh, said that the digital voices were easier to keep in tune and easier to control and you know just i think the module got a little smaller from that but it was still that's what big. i was gonna say smaller footprint yeah yeah I'm so like 
Yeah. So this this thing has had quite the evolution, man, to go from this to that. I don't even know what this one is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but then to come to this, it's, it's a, I love seeing companies that I like do stuff like that. Yeah. One, question, one question Aaron was asking earlier today, he was asking it to Dan. He was like, do you think that um, you could sample into the nebulae onto the onto the memory card on the nebulae and then take that right out of there and stick it into the qubit and use that as your wavetable from mm. the nebulae. Well I, I don't know about all that but it because it's compatible with the wave edit software you could probably I, I think in that software if I don't recall you can convert samples into wavetables in that. So then you would just drop it into that and then kick it over. I have to remember. I, I think I have the wave edit software on here real quick. Let me uh, yeah, do. Let me let me pull it up real quick. Uh, I'll, and I don't know if this is updated because I don't even have an E three fifty two though. I do want one. Um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll see if I can't show you what the wave edit software looks like real quick. Um, now this is from Synthesis Technology, but uh. So this is this is the wave edit, and you can you can actually draw your own waveforms in here, like so, right? Mm -hmm. And you can do um, harmonics. You can add your harmonics in, like so, and, and oh, damn. yeah, yeah. So it, this is actually a really really dope um, way of rocking things. Um, I don't know how you set up. Uh, I'm trying to remember how you set up odd harmonics, but anyway. Um, yeah, so so you can you can kind of do all that, and you can you can actually preview sounds right up in here, um, all that good stuff. So it's it's pretty it's pretty damn good software. That's yeah. actually version one point I'm not sure if they've updated it or not. Um, and it's pretty dope that they made that they made the uh, cord compatible with that. Now another yes. wavetable. Now I mean think about that. That's a four voice wavetable thing. You know, you could do chords with it and then individually address the joints. But then flipping flipping the script over to this, let me let me show this right quick. Hold on. Boom. Still nothing? Hold on. Oh, there we go. Um, then you got the spherical wavetable navigator, bro. So I got this sitting right next to chord. And they pair <laughs> mad well together. Maybe, you know, maybe some people might think it's an overlap because this is basically uh, a six uh, wavetable oscillator with independent wow. bit level and waveform controls, six LFOs included. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, bigger. Uh, yeah, I can make it bigger. Um, yeah, well, you can see it. But ultimately, that first row is the level control so you can see right above there these are the actual levels that first row of uh of uh inputs those are just inputs you could do vca or you could switch it to vote proactive and address those in individually the buttons above them you could use those buttons to tune the oscillator or you could use the buttons to mute the oscillator and then right below that, where the LEDs are, that those are LFOs. Each one of those are LFOs. Nice. You can control the speed of the LFO, the shape of the LFO. <laughs> and then you can uh, scan through. You can modulate it or scan through the wavetable that you're playing on with the knob down at the bottom and the center there. Uh, uh, or you can hold down the tuning 
key or the tuning knob in the upper right. And then from there, when you hold down the tuning knob, you can press one of the buttons and tune each one of the uh, the the individual oscillators into a chord. Nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nice. Yeah, so it's crazy, yo. Like, I mean, like these two modules got me mad excited. It's it's just really some really dope stuff. So this joint goes for $5.99 and uh, the other one goes for $2.99. So you got a six voice for $5.99, then you got a four voice for $2.99. And then they're, you know, even though they're similar, they're very different. You know what I mean? The way you modulate them and the way you can kind of make the chords and the and the voices move is is pretty different. And this Wait, one, you said there's two different versions of this? No, not two different versions of this, but I'm I'm kind of comparing. No, he's it saying to he's saying chord chord two, two different ways okay. versus uh -huh. this. Like this thing will do six, right? I'm yeah, this thing will do six. And so the other thing is, chord V two has an SD card that you can put your your wavetables on and throw it in there. Uh, whereas the SWN does not have a uh, 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 SD card, but you can sample into it, and it samples up to I think approximately 2.5 seconds. So you yeah, can create, uh, create your own uh, wavetable. So yeah, a lot of powerful, right? A lot of power right there, bro. So let me ask you something about Qubit V2 real quick. I don't know if you yep. got far, but when you sample your wavetables into it, how many of them can you use at a time? Is it only one that you can use at a time? Well, you can't sample waveforms into uh, Chord V2. You have to put them on uh, a SD card and throw them in there, but you can scan okay. through it and, and you can scan through the banks because you got a bank CV and you got a wave uh, CV. So it's a lot of stuff you could do right there. Okay, so you're pretty much just, when you add when you add uh, wavetables onto the SD card, you're pretty much adding banks. Yeah. Okay. And so you're not taking away the original. No, I don't think you're taking away. Those are those are inside the. Okay. The, those are, like okay. it has because it's an oscillator, so it has those voices built in. But you could use you could throw your own on the on the SD card. All right. Cool. Nice. cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was the other question somebody had about about cord. Uh, is it an actual oscillator or is it just, you know, tune voicing for something else? And like, no, it's an yeah, was... oscillator. It has the, the it, it makes sound, it's a sound maker. And uh, something else, Aaron was actually asking me, he was like, so yo, when you made that, are you doing chord progressions on the force to play that melody? And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm literally just playing one note at a time and the volt per octave Chord is listening to the volt per octave and harmonizing a chord around the note that you play. Hey, I want to show you guys this real quick. Um, this goes back to anything that can use uh, wave edit uh, wavetables. Something really dope. And, and again, huge shout out to Synthesis Technology for this. Because um, this is, you can download this for free from their site, I do believe. Um, but there's an online. Uh, repository that you can upload and download patches and banks directly to it so you can download other people are doing wavetables and you can download them from it like look micro root saturated triangle sine alias you know uh, nice. so you can actually go and download new wavetables directly from here and then pop them right into whatever other module you have that works with that um and you know including obviously the e352 which is what this was built for uh what this software was originally built for so that's really dope that we're seeing 
you know, multiple things are starting to be able to use this. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's mad dope. And I think um, some of the wavetables that are actually in Cord V2 <clears throat> actually come from uh, some, you know, some some place out on the internet where people can get that stuff from free. Uh, some library of some sort. So that's kind of dope. Um, yeah, so the, this, this is compatible with Wavetable edit. So yeah, a lot of dope stuff, man. Um, if if you, if anybody's out there kind of into chord stuff, <clears throat> into Wavetable stuff, I'd recommend those two modules at the drop of a hat, quite frankly. Yeah. Hey, while we're on that subject, um, yeah. and this is just because I like people to know what else is out there. Um, mm -hmm. So another module that's out there that does something sort of similar is the Orgone Accumulator. Um, hmm. So that thing oh, actually yeah, has, good. that's got a chord mode in it as well, and it's also a wavetable. It's kind of like a wavetable triple oscillator hmm. with, um, with, uh, with a modulator as well, and it has weird effects and whatnot. But one of the things that it can do is it doesn't necessarily give you um, – separate it doesn't give you separate voice outputs but what it'll do is there is a chord mode in it and you can tune the chords to you know different intervals and mm -hmm. and you can set each oscillator inside of it to be a different waveform or whatever and, and kind of do that kind of stuff so that's another oscillator that does these these chord like things as well that's dope that that's thing's dope. mad slept on too the organ accumulators heavily yeah. slept on and it, it's really dope yeah it's been around for a little bit too huh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that thing. Plus, it's got like a, a really cool uh, drum percussion mood, which is which is really slept on as well. So, I I, I really I like that module so much. I have two of them in my rack. <laughs> yeah, I know that's, you, that's you actually <clears throat> have talked about this. So, this is it, right? I'm bringing the joint up. That's the DIY version. Mm -hmm. Um, and the um the actual um, uh, so I have one of those as well. But then the um. The factory version is actually even nicer because the factory version has, like, you see how it has buttons along the top there. The mm -hmm. factory version has more of those buttons, and they correspond to every mode that's in there. Uh, because there's like a lot of hidden functionality uh, on the DIY one, whereas, uh, and there's a little bit of hidden functionality on the factory one. But uh, the factory unit, yeah, man, it's it's really powerful. So. Dope. I always try to shout that thing out because, like I said, that's one of the few modules that I like so much I have two of. Yeah, that's what's happening. And, you know, one, one of the things about these modules that do chords, man, is I think, you know, a lot of people look at them and think house music or something. Yeah, because that's usually what you see in the demo videos. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of easy to do those those house chord stabs mm -hmm. and I, I mean that's where the house chord stab came from was because it was kind of an easy thing to do and you know it, it kind of worked to that style yeah but yeah these things really you can do so much more yeah yeah put some step voltage into it bro and then you yeah. know start start adjusting uh you know the chord the chord um progressions and yeah you get yeah. you get good stuff out of it man like it's real easy to just get the, that one, two chord stabs, like you guys are saying. But when when it gets real, not, not even complicated, when you just dig into it, you can start getting like real nice progressions. Yeah. Yep. Just using step step voltages. And then once you do that, bro, 
So I've done that. And then when you throw a little bit of Magneto on. <laughs> that's the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> and then you might even just sample that into the uh, Magneto and slow it down. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother level yeah. right there, bro. Yes, sir. That's good times. That's real good times. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, those are two dope things. What else we got out here? Uh, uh, yo, let's jump into... <clears throat> the matriarch. What y'all feeling about the matriarch? The Moog matriarch. I'm gonna pull that up. For those that don't know, that might be checking out the show either right now or later, Moog released uh, or announced the release of a new synth. It's called the uh, Moog matriarch. And it's kind of based on the Moog grandmother, but not really. Like, I feel like it's more based on the color scheme, but it, it's this thing kind of has a little something from everywhere. So the oscillators are actually uh, based on the Voyager oscillators. There's four of them, because so it's a four-voice paraphonic. And for those who don't know, polyphonic, paraphonic. Basically, you could play four notes, but each one of the oscillators have to all go through the same envelope uh, filter and so forth and so on. They don't have their own filters and envelopes and stuff. So that makes it paraphonic, not polyphonic. Um, so yeah, this sort of the oscillators are based on the Voyager's oscillators. The uh, filter is based on a 904A filter, ladder filter from, their, from the uh, Moog um, modular setup, the huge old modular setups. <laughs> and then there's a stereo delay, which is actually bucket brigade delay, uh, very similar to Moog's uh, Mogafoger M104M. Yeah, Mogafoger 104M uh, stereo delay, bucket brigade delay. So all that stuff is built in in it. And let me show a picture right quick. And so, yeah, what y'all think of that joint, man? I think it's it's super dope. I mean, it's got it's got four it's got four oscillators on it, right? Yep. That was the thing that surprised me. Like when like so, I get I get pretty skeptical about some of the Moog stuff that they do because I feel like that the the pricing premiums that they that they do sometimes kind of mm, I don't yeah. always agree with. Um, what else? I'm gonna sidestep the price point. I'll sidestep the price point completely for now because I want to bring that and up. I, I'm just talking about the actual synth. I kind of dig it. Like yeah, me there, too. There's there's a lot about it that I, I find very interesting. So I can see it appealing to a lot of different types of customers. I can see it appealing to like the indie band and, and stage musician that like wants to have something unique on stage, but not have to like man. I'm getting ready to do some shows with a band and like I, we had a conversation about my modular and they had expressed, you know, wanting me to do a lot of my modular stuff live on stage with them. And I was like, yeah, I'm not bringing a $15,000 modular out. Of <laughs> like it's not happening. Um, right. And, and so like we kind of had different conversations and something like this, if you pair this either by itself or even with a small skiff, you have a really interesting and and character filled setup, and I think that's dope. Um, some of the things that it does, I just think are really cool, like the 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 voicing that you can do with the you know with the paraphony, and, and um, being able to play something like this polyphonically. Um, and, and this is uh, where where Dodie and I will actually agree. You can play a paraphonic synth polyphonically. 
So uh, just multiple notes being played is, is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can do that with this, I, I watched some of those, um, those videos that they did for it. And who is the woman from the band King? Oh, uh, Paris. She, her stuff. So what I, what I want to bring up about the video was, so the first scene where she's in it and she's playing some chords and whatnot, she doesn't have anything patched on it. So it's just the, the linear method of, of, uh, subtractive synthesis that the synth comes built with. Right. Yep. Like, and goodness gracious, that sounded beautiful. It like really out of the cool. whole thing of all the people patching things different ways and whatnot, her section is what really got me like, oh, I, I like that. I dig that sound. And it was just the very, it was the raw basics of it and just being played with soul and vibe. And I was like, yo, I dig how that sounds. That to yeah, me was I mean, like. You know what? Like her plan is incredible any damn way. And you're right. There was one piece of it. She didn't have anything patched and it just, it was beautiful what she was playing. Like her chords were on point and then the, 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 just the idea of that Moog with four voices coming out of it. It was, it was gorgeous. Yeah. I just really liked how the filter sounded paired with those oscillators. It just sounded very musical. It didn't sound forced. It didn't sound over the top. It just sounded good. And for a synth like this, that's, that's what I want to see. Now they did another video where the polar opposite of this, they gave it to Richard divine and it almost sounded like they said, Hey, make it sound like you broke your dishwasher. Like <laughs> and, and that's what it sounded like. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just sounded like, you know, cacophony like it was just random modulating you know modulators modulating yeah, it, it, modulating, it was like a modulating modulation test almost. modulating modulators like yeah. it, it just sounded like like a hot wreck and it's cool that you can do that too you know yeah this is uh this is paris and that's part of her playing that uh the matriarch just pretty dope. Yeah, um, I need to check that out. I seen her when she was playing the uh the um what's the big the the big move? Yeah, the whole the one. one. Yeah, I yep. seen her playing the move one. And then this is uh Lisa Belladonna. She's pretty incredible with it. We saw her live at Synthplex. Yeah, uh, doing a, a show with the uh, uh Moog uh, grandmother and a gang of Earthquaker devices pedals. And um, she's got a couple videos out <laughs> audio with, with visuals of her playing the Moog Matriarch. And it's just a beautiful sound synth, man. Uh, so, yeah, I ain't going to front. I and and she, she is a, a is a rep for Earthquaker as well, right? Yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah, because I think, I think I remember seeing her at a NAM one year or something. Yeah, so I, I thought it was funny that in that video in the background, she had the she had the Behringer Model D racked up next to the grandmother, which was interesting. Yeah, so yeah, if you look like right behind her shoulder, <laughs> you can see that racked up in there is a Model D. And then there's a grandmother right beneath it, but on the other side, there's the same thing. So she has which two is cool though, because that stuff all pairs together. Yeah. You know, that stuff all pairs together in such a cool way. But I will say, like the matriarch, man, like when I saw it, like price point aside, I was like, wow, like I kind of really dig it. Like and, and I still think the like I made jokes about how the grandmother looked, but I made jokes kind of like happily, like, because I think I love synths that look like unique and have character to them. 
Uh, anything that's got a green panel on it is is going to make me happy. Of course. So the fact that this thing looked like the, the fact that this thing looked like you know she's got that tchotchkes like <laughs> uh, suspender thing going on with all the all the flare on it from Office Space. Like that's what these synths remind me of. All the different colors on them are different pieces of flare. One thing I will ask is who puts plants on top of their speakers though. Oh, you know what's funny is I was thinking about that. I was like, yo, uh, hold on. Let, let's get back to it. <laughs> that does not. It's funny you said it because my wife was in my studio just like yesterday. And this was up on my screen. And I was like, look at her setup. It's crazy. And she was like, it's nice, though. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is nice. Well, here's the thing. Then man, I was like, like, yo, but them plants up on top of that. That would scare me to death. I couldn't. I mean, there must be like there must Water. be rubber matting on there or something to prevent them from slipping too. Plus, like yeah. I don't know, like I, man, look. Let me just say it like this: I go into the lab, and half the time I forget to eat or drink when I'm in here because I'm working <laughs> and I'm right. doing music. They would all be dead. Yeah, yeah. You even forget to feed yourself, let alone a plant. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I was like, that is funny. So 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 here's the thing. The, the grandmother costs what seven hundred dollars or seven ninety-nine? The matriarch costs nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. So that's a that's a premium. Somebody in the chat called it a hipster tax. <laughs> <laughs> hipster tax. The hipster tax. That's that Mike Adams tax. <laughs> So the, the right. thing about that is like, you know, this so is what's like, in there, what's on what's on the matriarch that's not on on the grandmother? I mean, you got four so the grandmother, the grandmother has uh two oscillators where the matriarch has four. four. The grandmother is monophonic, so you can't play it, you know, polyphonically. Right. Uh and it, it has a, a spring reverb as the only effect. It does not have the uh bucket brigade delay, okay. certainly not a stereo bucket brigade delay. And the matriarch has two utility sections, uh, a mixer section, a stereo filter, whereas the, the uh, grandmother has a, 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 a not a stereo filter, just a single filter. Yeah. And uh, also, they both have the ARP sequencer, but uh, I think you got more banks, like six banks of eight or four banks of eight or something uh -huh. like that. Um, so yeah, it's actually when you think about it too. So Moog is actually selling a limited run of their Mogafoger uh 104M. Don't uh, go this route. Don't say it. I'm gonna say I'm, it. I'm gonna heavily disagree with you on this. Man. You could you could do that, but let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, go ahead. All I'm saying is you could buy, if you're in the market for a Mogafoga pedal, it costs $1,000. That's what they cost. Woo. The 4M Bucket Brigade Delay pedal costs $1,000 right now at the Moog store. This one has a stereo one built in. And I know Ken's probably thinking, like, so does the Matrix Brute, right? It well, does. the Matrix Brute does as well, has the same basic setup. It's got, you know, stereo delay, Bucket Brigade delays, all that stuff. But that's not even where I'm going. I'm saying... If you want to talk about a thousand dollar bucket brigade delay, I mean, you can also go online and get a less than two hundred dollar bucket brigade delay, which I did, well. right? So, so it's, it's like I, I get that totally. Um, Again, Mike Adams tax. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing is with that, you know, as as far as it goes with mode delays, 
those joints cost a thousand dollars today. Right now, if you wanted that mold pedal delay, it's a thousand dollars. Even though you could probably go get some for three fifty, three sixty, or whatever it might be. Uh, uh, but this one has one built in, and it's a four voice polyphonic or paraphonic synth. So you know, it depends on kind of what you're into. Uh, but yeah, it does have a bit of a premium price on it. That said, mine's will be on the way in the first run. <laughs> I, will say, I will say this, man. I will say this. Like, the grandmother over time made mm -hmm. me want it kind of more and more, even though I had zero need for it because I have every circuit that's in that thing already. So, like, I don't, like, I can patch that up with my modular. Um, but... I love the fact that like, you know, you have that kind of flexibility, but you also have like that structure at the same time. There's something to be said for like actual music makers, like people who want to create music and not get bogged down by things. It's nice to have, you know, a linear architecture synth, you know, here and there. Like I keep a few in my lab. Like I'm not a hundred percent modular all the time. Like, you know, you do, you have the same, we all do. It's great to have that kind of hybrid in between the two, you know what I mean? Where it's like you can get modular when you want to, but you can be linear when you want to. And if the sound is there, if the sound quality is what you want to reach for it in that moment, then that's what you need. You know what I mean? Like then that that's what it is. So for me, I could see me eventually maybe getting one, but I'm not like I'm not lusting, put it that way. I'm just like, ooh, that's something nice. And if it happens to come my way, happens to come my way. But I'm not like, oh, my God, I got to have that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to also, you mentioned, I think all of us were kind of shocked. I don't know shocked or our reactions, our reactions with the uh, grandmother when the grandmother came out, it was like, yo, that is ugly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Right? So when you said that, and I, I'm like, yeah, you're right, because we all kind of had that reaction, but. I think over time, especially with me having one and how much I love playing it, you know, it's, it's become the most played synth in my studio. Um, yo, it is an amazing sounding synth. And now that I've had it for so long, I'm used to the look. So seeing the, the matriarch come, it's like, yo, that looks so great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I know that, that the guy at Moog who kind of does these color schemes, uh, from from when the Moog uh, store was here around Nam, they were saying that you know one of their graphic designer guys has been studying the color schemes from the '70s. Um, yeah, and that's kind of where, they, yeah, right. This color palette is kind of coming from, and the uh, matriarch has added purple to the color palette. I think that's on the delay itself. So yeah, it's dope. Yeah, I mean. Honestly, it looks really, really nice, and it sounds really, really nice too. It's just yeah. like for me, it does. Just getting into you know the modular, it's just like, damn, do I need another keyboard right now? Plus, I got the the virus back there, and you know that thing's monophonic, polyphonic, whatever phonic that I want it to be. So, I feel like before I do, before I get gas and go get that junk. I just need to buckle down and kind of mess with what I got, man. But I, I really, really like on in the back of my mind, like, man, you should order that like right now. <laughs> it's incredible. Yo, yo, <laughs> somebody, I, I got to say this. So one of the comments. In the oh, here we is, go. You can't drop no Neo Soul and R&B tracks with no modular. Grandmother is tight. Yo, I could not disagree more, my man. 
like that. You honestly would modular setup. Like I think I think there's a misconception with modular that it's just these wires that you sort of control in a West Coast synthesis way, and that's the only way. Be in West Coast synthesis way, plug it, sequencer, let it kind of do what it does and make it generative, and that's what it is. That's not. Yo, it don't work like that. The it whole does, point of modular is that it's modular. Like that. It can the be exactly of, what you want it. It right. could be the illest mono synth. It could be the most glorious synthesizer in any kind of way that you want it to be. Like yeah. a lot of times, like I can do West Coast synthesis with stuff and let a sequence run free and let some bleeps and blops and even musical sort of melodies start to happen. But you can easily patch up something and play it from a MIDI keyboard the same way you would bring up a preset. So don't yeah. be fooled, man. And on top of that, it's so much more because it's not fixed architecture synthesis. There's so much more freedom and so much more free reign you have to do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You can't do Neo selling R&B tracks, bro. You tripping. <laughs> uh, you might want to look at my Instagram page. <laughs> there you go. That's what's up. I would actually encourage you to check out uh, some of our Instagram pages. Yeah. Uh, uh, who said it? And it's 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 all. Uh, Corey's like ready to fight. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, I'm in, I'm embracing it because I think no, that's I a misconception. Uh, no, because cool. this is what I thought. Also, I can't. I'm like, uh, I can't do no hip hop with that. I right. can't do. I can't do what I want with that. Like for the for the before last year. I have been looking at modular stuff for a while, and I'm just like, when I, I all you hear is the blips and the bloops. One week yeah. <laughs> last week or last show, I mean, but mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Once you start actually looking into it and seeing what it's act, what it actually is, when you buy a synthesizer, you're locked into those developers' creative process. Yep. You're locked into their process. You can only use their process. Now you can you can do some hip hop stuff and break it, you know, like we normally do. But with the modular, you have your own freedom. It's what you want to do. You're not locked yeah. into anybody's thought process. It's your own. That's what people need to really realize about this this type of synthesis. Is like. You have your freedom. Nobody's rig is the same. Nobody's mm -hmm. gonna ever get the same stuff that. Okay, I'm not gonna get the same stuff out of the same things that I have here that Corey has and that Ken has. We're all gonna make something that sounds totally different. That's just because yeah. you're not as dope as I am. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We had this discussion, man. But yeah, but but in all honesty, like we're we're not gonna make the same things, and it's because our thought processes are different, even though yep. we have the same equipment. So. Just want to like kind of explain that you yeah, can't. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a great point because even Shiro said that to me when we were at Synthplex. He was like, Yo, I could give you my case and we wouldn't sound the same at all. Right. Like, that's really the truth about it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of possibilities in it, man. And that's kind of why I got into, into modular. And um, you're really only limited by your own sort of uh, either know-how in the in the synthesis game or your own creativity uh but even sometimes when you go outside of convention you start plugging stuff in just like on a whim 
You know what I'm saying? Like you can start to get some real, and that's another thing that's dope. You can take the same modules. Just the other day uh, with the Switchblade, I was saying that I uh, I was explaining this patch that I did. And Kim was like, oh, yo, that's dope. I hadn't thought of that. And so you know what I'm saying, and and it's not like it's just like everybody thinks a little different, and when you start to add all these different ideas together, it comes out uh, to some incredible stuff. Yeah, man, definitely. And people be thinking I'm playing when I be telling them like, yeah, I just let my kids make some shit sometimes, and then I refine it. Like literally, I'll be in here, I plug some stuff in, and I'm like, eh, I'm not making anything. I'll call, I'll call my kids. Hey, come here. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Straight up, and then I, I'll, I'll hear something like, "Oh, that's it. Hold up, let me get in there." Whoop, whoop. Yep, that's so, it. So I, I, I just want to bring up an interesting point, but because uh, that discussion is kind of continuing in the live chat. So, like, once this video is up, I I definitely recommend for people replaying to watch the live chat as well. Um, and this is why it's good for people to join the live chat. But essentially, there's discussion about the speed of using modular versus the speed of using a fixed architecture synth. And one of the points that I always try to bring up is like, once you're comfortable with your modular, you should be able to patch a patch in your modular faster than you can program a patch using a fixed architecture synth. Obviously right. not calling up a preset, but if you're start, if you're like, you know what, I have a sound in my head and I want to come, I want to come to it. Basically, I can patch it up on my modular probably quicker than just about any synth that I have that's fixed architecture because one, I don't have to dive into any menu to set a, uh, right. a modulation amount. I can right. literally, the same amount of time that it takes me to press a single button on the synth is how long it takes me to plug a patch cable in and then turn a knob for the modulation amount. You know, most of these things have attenuators on them and you just boom like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I find it's, that it's really I can actually set- how, how well you know your gear. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I just find that I, I find it very, um, very quick to to make the sound that's in my head on my modular because the modules that I've selected are specifically speaking to the types of sounds that I want to create to begin with. Right. Whereas if I buy a Dave Smith instrument, if I buy a virus, if I buy whatever it is. I'm limited to, okay, these are the sound sources and, and voicing that they dictated that they felt, okay, this is what the masses are going to enjoy. All right. right? Jim, well, me, I'm not the masses. Let me, let me come at it from a different angle too. Right. So on the flip side, if you, if you are on your, your, you know, box synthesizer, you're flipping through presets. You're mm -hmm. trying to find that sound you want. Flipping through, flipping through. It could take you an hour. It could take you 30 minutes. It could take you 15 minutes to find the sound that you want to fit into your track. Here, you design the sound you want. You, It's it's quicker for me. I don't know, you know, for anybody else. But like you said, it's how, how well you know your synth. But for me, it, finding the sound is quicker on my modular than flipping through some presets that someone else made. Yeah, I mean, ain't it the it's an age old meme that like uh what well, well, I saw a picture where a dude was sitting it was a skeleton in a chair in a studio chair or something and it was like he was looking for the perfect snare so like you could right. forever doing any of that kind of stuff anything right uh, but I think this is one of those things that yeah in the beginning you first get into modular it might take you a little bit but then when you start to understand it and you start to understand the signal flow like I can rip this patch out and go back to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I could, like, okay, so there's sometimes when I got a patch going on and I might come back day after day and add a little bit, change a little bit, 
and you know sample up all while I'm working with that, I could tear that down and pretty much get back to that really quickly because I know you know what's going on with it, right? Mm -hmm. And and the other thing I think uh, D Still was on here. He made a good point. He said, "Listen, if you know music theory." That's another thing that can help you uh, get to things quicker. It's just like translating music theory to modular. You know what I'm saying? And and but at the same time, you could just trust your ears and jump in and get to things pretty quickly. And it's it's easy enough. Word. Yeah. Word up. My man said, can you save it for next week on the redo? Um, you can sample it in. <laughs> yeah, you can sample it. Yeah, that's what. So that's uh, what I not do. Only, not only can you sample it, but if again, if you know synthesis, if you know what you're doing, it's you like it. I hear that all the time where people are like, "Oh, well, once you make a patch, and then it's gone forever." And I'm like, "No, not really. Like, there might be slight quirks and differences in there, but really, like, you know what you patched. Like, it's not that hard to like repatch something, unless you're talking about like patching an entire set or like something really, really over the top complex." It is not that hard to repatch something and remember how this to patch is, this something. Is true, I can get back to stuff. Yeah. I can definitely get back to stuff. But here's the thing, though. Like, Why do you want to? It's a matter of it's a matter of capturing that moment into yeah. my NPC, or maybe for some into Ableton, or for me, it's really the force capturing that moment into that with enough variance that I can mix it up. And and we talked about some of this at the the mod that panel a little bit too. It's just like capturing that moment, 24 bars worth of something and chopping that up and, and letting that be what it is. It's almost like if you think about it, if you sample records, it ain't like you can you know uh, dive into that record and tell a keyboard player, now play it like this 10 days later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't really see it a whole lot different than that. You know what I mean? You have a moment in time that you've captured and you could put it on your machine and do whatever you want to with that after that. That's the same thing. I can always come back to any composition I've done on my force or my MPC, pull it up and have all of my information there, whether the modular is patched in or not. Right. Even if I've got TV in the MIDI there, I always sample all of the audio results. Like same thing that and, I do. And hey, that's another that's another interesting topic is nowadays uh, there's becoming more devices that will allow you to sample your CV. Mm -hmm. So if you even want to sample the CV aspect of it, you can even do that. And then you look at things like higher level sequencers like uh, the Zeta Ohm Fluxus one. Mm -hmm. You can save you can save your entire song and patch setup. Right. Like I have a few different things that I have saved on, on my Fluxus one sequencer so that when I want to come back to it, I load my ER301 and I load my, my Fluxus one and boom, that patch is half there already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's like I have certain templates that I go to on it and like I can load those up and then boom, I'm already halfway to where I want to be, you know? And the same thing too with the Zadar. You know, if you of us have yeah. the Zadar, you can save those presets too. So you do have a level of uh, with more more uh, uh, advanced uh, modules nowadays, you do have a level of saving that you can do. But the the key, this is all in and out. The 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 thought that you can't get back to a patch uh, is like saying, you know, if you had a patch bay in your studio that was just as simple as you know patching in compressors and patching in. Sense or drum machine, yeah, yeah, or absolutely. right? 
You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that would be like me telling you, like, bro, you ain't never gonna be able to patch that synth back into that compressor that way. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But at the same time, the way I see it is with this is like you said, Corey, you capture in that moment. And it's like, yeah, you could try to patch that moment back up, but why don't you find a new moment? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Right. Because I like to capture the moment when it happens and then move on. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. And, and, and this is also why I sample the resultant audio from everything. Like, once I kind of get a groove, I might work on something and have three or four different synth lines on the, on the, from actually from the Eurorack. Um, and then once that's playing, I might rock with it, but then uh, I'll sample each individual thing into tracks and manipulate it from there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. But, yo, what else we got out there? Um, yo, what's up? How y'all feel about all of these uh, stereo modules coming into play now? I, I, I really yeah. like it. It's, it's welcome for me. It's something that it, it, it keeps me it keeps reminding me that I really do need to buy a new desk. <laughs> like because uh, I need so many more channels, man. Like I, I I'm pretty I'm pretty interested. I don't like I love the functionality of that new make noise mixer, the X Pan, mm -hmm. but I hate the layout. Like it looks like once you plug patch cable into it, it's gonna be a freaking mess. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I haven't had hands on it, so maybe, maybe underhand, it'll feel different, but goodness, like just giving it a quick glance, I was like, oh, why didn't you yeah. just put all the patch points on one side and the knobs on the other? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of stuff in my rig is stereo now. So I really, I'm, I'm really digging all of this stereo stuff coming out. Yeah. I'm finding that in my live rig, it's kind of moving more towards stereo than anything, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I, there's something in here that's not stereo. When I came across that the other day, I was like, this is messing me up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't exactly what, but, you know, that's also why uh, I'm going to be grabbing that that Erica Sense um, stereo mixer. So it got yeah. four stereo. Uh, Bro, I, I had two of those to begin with. That's why I got them because you can flip it into, you can turn the mono into stereo with those mixers. And that's why I got two of those mixers for that. Because, you uh, know, I'm, I'm making, I'm sending everything into my MP and I don't want to send it into my MP mono sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I was using that, the Erica Sense, to turn it into a stereo signal. That's dope. Yeah, that, that's what's up. Um, that's kind of the, the reason I was thinking about getting that. And actually, it's not even thinking at this point. I kind of need that because, yeah. you know, everything in the rack is is like that. Like you said, you said you got two of them. You use both of them or. Did yeah, you yeah I, I had two of them. I sold one to my homeboy because I got this uh, endorphins cockpit, which is stereo also mono yeah. or stereo, whatever you want it to be. If you put it in mono mode, it'll come out of stereo. You know, it'll come out stereo. So word and i'm showing right here this is the x pan that kim was five, talking about three, noise. why only five okay five i i guess because you're turning a mono into a stereo on that fifth channel oh is that what it is I, I, that's what i'm thinking um 
So I see channel one and two are stereo, so you got left and right. And then there's a, is that a, a third channel? It's just a, one mono input? Yeah, I'd have to look at this a little more. Yeah. But um, the demos that I've heard of it sound pretty damn good. Yeah. Another thing is that Pittsburgh Modular Voltage Research Laboratory. That thing looks crazy. So it looks uh, like, yeah. looks like, if you could pull that up, that looks like an updated KB1 and an updated uh, SV1. Like, I know it's not like, a, it, it's nowhere near like an SV1, but this thing just looks crazy. Hold on. Are uh, you talking about the, the Pittsburgh um, Voltage? The Voltage Research Laboratory. Voltage, yeah. So, yeah, that thing, I've been... Man, I've been following Pittsburgh for a minute, and I'm like, go to their main page, really, Corey. I'm really interested, man. Just go to um, Pittsburgh. That that microvolt that they did was dope. Like the microvolts, dope. And that oh, there you go. Slept on. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, that looks crazy, bro. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heavily interested in in what they're working on, man. Um, yeah, this is dope. You know, I'm a I'm a big Pittsburgh Modular fan too. Like, I, I started with most of their stuff, so I love this stuff, man. That is, like, look at all of those inputs on the bottom, in, ins and outs on the bottom. That's crazy. Yeah, that is wild. Jeez. But is this Eurorack format? Like, that's what I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, it looks like a just a system because I I don't see. It looks like that whole thing from here on over is just one system because it doesn't look separate. Yeah, but I'm I'm three U. Yeah, it looks like it looks like it's its own joint and it might be able to be Euroracked. But I mean, if you look at that, it looks almost like it's got its own case. Yeah, but, but, but you, can see screw, you can see screw hole uh, screws in the corners there. So it yeah. looks to me like it's Euro rack and probably has its own case as well. Yeah. Kind of like how the mother 32 was done. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, to me, like the stuff that they've been working on lately has been pretty dope. Um, I've got that double helix and I use that thing a ton. <laughs> Um, yep. It's got some my it's got some minor issues with it as far as like uh, design wise that that I would have liked to have seen addressed before it necessarily dropped. But at the same time, it's like for for the price point and what that thing is, it's really dope. Like mm -hmm. I, I really like the double helix a lot. I've got a few different complex oscillators, and that's the one that I I tend to grab more often than than just about any. That's a Hold on. Uh, you know I'm a fan of, of Double Helix. That's one of, if I say that the Chord uh, module is one of my favorite, probably next to that is the Double Helix. And I probably yeah. like those two more than anything. I've made some real heat with, with that joint. See, I'm a really I'm, nice character. I'm Like I told y'all, I'm in the market for a complex oscillator. And right now, it's between the Double Helix and the further generator and the only reason why i'm siding towards the double helix is like i can get one for like 350 the the further is is 750. Mm -hmm. so i'm just trying to figure out they're pretty different though i mean so the further tends to be more of like a that smooth kind of sound like right one thing about one thing about the double helix uh that it does that a lot of the um a lot of the other similar style 
dual oscillators like a um what is it the dpo and um even like a rubicon with dixie combo and mm. you know a lot of these other ones most of those are very like they're they're trying more towards that bukla smooth sound right and i've got dual oscillators that do that i've got the the j2 uh the 258j dual oscillator which is a bukla clone um i've got a few different things like that but the the life forms uh double helix it's got like that blade waveform. It, it's a little bit more, it drives a little bit more, if you know what I mean. Right, like it's a little right. bit more aggressive. Um, and what's cool about that is, so it has that low pass gate built into it and it has the wave folder built into it. You can get these like really kind of like twangy sounds out of it that I haven't really heard as much out of other dual oscillators like it it can go from being like this huge aggressive bass sound to like this cool plucky twangy sound which is really cool mm -hmm. i just find it very versatile my, my only gripes with it are it doesn't have a sync input which would have been really nice um so no oscillator sync and there is there's a point where if you drive the second oscillator in it to its highest point um, you'll get some audio, audio bleed through it. Um, oh. and that's, uh, so like, it, it's kind of like the, the audio lines are a little too close together or something in there, but, but that's only when you have the second oscillator all the way up and it's even then it's still fairly low. It's not, it's not the end of the world, but it does so much else. I mean, two oscillators, LFO wave folder and, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, low pass gate. It's dude, it's dope. It's yep. <laughs> I, I looked at a bunch of them and that was the one for me on the rail on the room. So yeah, okay. So what else? What else, man? I'm, I think we're about an hour in, so we probably won't go too much longer. But what yeah. else we got this out there? Oh, you know what? I wanna I wanna mention that uh I have gone stir crazy over the last couple months with samplers, your rack samplers. Um, but I've recently returned the Rossum assimilator. Um, so when I started thinking about it, it's like a really powerful joint. You can, it's eight channel, it's an eight channel uh, sampler. You could get eight individual sounds onto each channel and trigger them via, you know, keyboard, drum machine or whatever, via voltage, but you can't chop on it. So it's a, it's a really dope sampler that you can get all of the classic emu sort of sampler sound out of it be it lo-fi or otherwise, or just texture, you know what I mean, whether it's 12-bit and, you know, whatever it might be, you can get all of that sound out of it. So it's like having eight of those in your Euro rack. But the problem for me is that it's yet to have uh, gate delays, so I had to do a workaround to go into... Which is nuts. Yeah, for, for a $900 sampler. So I had to do workarounds to go into an envelope from Zadar or something like that, or either maths and you know delay the gate a little bit and also it doesn't chop samples so even though on every channel you can get up to eight individual samples that you can address individually on that channel if you put a longer sample in it you can't chop and then address that chop that way but you could do that in something like sample drum you could certainly do it in er301 you could certainly do it in a, a myriad of other things but None of those other things quite cost 
$900, you know what I'm saying? Well, hold on. Before, uh, before ER 301 we get does. too deep down that path, I did want to bring up quickly because a lot of people were talking about it in, in the chat, mm -hmm. is the Pioneer Squid. Like, and, and that thing has, it has my interest, but it also has me very much, like, what is skeptical. That? That's the, uh, the, the new sequencer from Pioneer. So they, they are releasing a standalone sequencer. Um, and it's got, it's got like a 16 pad layout. Uh, Corey, do, do you have the, the link for that? Or you want me to bring it, it up? Bringing it up. Okay. So, but what's dope about this thing <laughs> is it doesn't just do traditional, like straight, you know, four on the floor style sequencing. It has like lots of random. It's got, um, you can do like a spiral mode with it. You can. There's lots of really interesting things with it. It does have CV, but it's not a lot of CV on it. Um, so if, if you wanted it to be like a massive sequencer for your modular, you'd probably want to pair it with something like the mutant brain or something to that effect. Um, but it's it's really interesting looking. The thing that worries me is that like Pioneer's not somebody that's really known for their sequencers, and a deep complex sequencer is a, is a big undertaking. It's so huge undertaking. it, it makes me want to kind of like, just take, take a few steps back and be like, all right, let's see how this thing pans out. And Yo, them pans pads out, are backwards. You know, what's that? Those pads are backwards. How's number one in the upper yeah, left? Yeah, and I hate right. that. I right. hate that. That's dumb. Why is it like that, yo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoever did that, that, like, should probably like i mean i don't want to be rude but i'd slap them um <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, the groove bend placement you see the yeah. crossfader on the side the stuff you can do with that is pretty dope so you can actually like force swing and force um like uh step nudging and um kind of you could just kind of like mess with it with the vibe of the of the sequence a, a bit with that bender which is pretty dope like there's a lot of really interesting ideas inside of this thing that make me think like oh okay that's cool because to be honest with you like i still man the npc machine all these things they all fall down in certain areas of their sequencing so i'm always open to look at new sequencers you've got like the circline out there which has a waiting list and you know it has a kind of maybe that form factor doesn't speak to you there's a lot about this thing that could be dope but i'm just very skeptical uh, yeah uh i'm not necessarily super interested in in this but i can see why people would be i used uh the torres um what is this is it the sp16 the 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 sampler i used that for a while and i was actually kind of surprised at how capable it was but there was some things that i wanted to do that i couldn't do or some weird ways that i had to go about it and i can't remember right now because it's been like two years but uh um yeah, I don't know how interested I would be in this, but I can see why there would be a lot of interest, especially for people that are DJs that are used to the pioneered sort of stuff, especially with the other Torre stuff that came out. They, they're obviously building um, a product line with the Torre stuff. Um, it would be interesting to see how the warp works and those kinds of things. Yeah, it definitely like I mean if you watch the the promo video on this thing, I mean there's definitely a lot about it that says, "Hey, they got somebody who's watching modular sequencers and is watching Electron." 
you know, like somebody, mm -hmm. they got somebody who's watching this stuff yep. and I'm interested to see what they, you know, how it works in the long run. But, uh, there's a lot about it that looks pretty powerful and the price point is really not that bad. Um, it, someone's saying that the, uh, help me on this guys. I don't know how true that is. Maybe it is. It says it's the, it says the, the Torres SP 16 came out before the NPC live and X. I don't know that that's true. I mean, but I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't recall exactly. I just know that that thing was not. I don't as know. Fleshed as it could have been. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that's true. I mean, I mean, also, I don't think that that thing was marketed towards people like me. Like, I feel yeah, like that no, was it wasn't. marketed towards it wasn't. like a DJ audience that wanted to, um, you know, really, it is very much that loop based kind of production thing. So, you know, which, you know, the, the machine jam and, you know, that, that type of user, um, which that's not really me. So, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Thoughts on verbose complex oscillator. Um, Shonda, I haven't used that one very much. I've heard it used. I like what I hear because verbose is, they kind of model this stuff after um, Bukla. Am I right? typically because the dude who owns verbose kind of started as a book yeah, so, so uh, that's that um dude. that oscillator that i was just talking about the the 258j mm -hmm. um that's uh partially designed by the same guy from from what i understand i, I mean his name's on it so it, i hope so but um yeah like i i have friends who've got uh the verbose complete systems and i have i have one good friend who she has pretty much every complex oscillator out there, everything from the further to the shipment to, to the verbose. And mm -hmm. while she says she likes the verbose, like I, I hear a lot of people that kind of tell me like, Oh, well I prefer the further over the verbose, which is, you know, I think it's all personal taste in the, in the long run. The, the biggest differences that I've found is um, again, like the, the double helix will get aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other major differences that I find are in how, different complex oscillators handle FM. Um, some of them can FM a little higher than others. Uh, so you have that sort of thing. Uh, the, the double helix actually FMs higher than, than my, my Buchla clone. So, uh, which is interesting, but not always needed. It's, it's kind of like a, when do the specs matter versus when does the sound matter kind of thing? It's like, how often do I FM at that high of a rate, you know? Somebody said, you'll know it's a lifelong Pioneer fan. Inky is saying, lifelong Pioneer fan. You'll know that the Pioneer stuff is built like a tank, but don't be expecting updates. So there's that. Uh, one of the things that I'm that's, probably... And see, that's one of the sad... That's one of the sad, messed up things about a lot of the larger companies. Um, mm -hmm. There's a few notable exceptions, which I'll get to. But, like, man, some of these really small companies that are, like, one- and two-person operations are releasing, like, update after update, and you're like, wow, that's really impressive. And then you'll see, like, somebody like a Roland who will release, like, maybe a couple of updates on a really flagship kind of product and then just drop it. Like, the JDXA had, I think, one update, and all the update gave you was more presets, and then they dropped it. Like, they didn't do anything else for it after that. It's like... That was their flagship analog digital hybrid synth, and then they just didn't do anything with it after that. Can you imagine if somebody uh, in, in the, you know, like like say Pittsburgh or any of those companies came out with like a flagship standalone synth and then never updated it? Like, no. it, it wouldn't happen. You know, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, 
it's a very odd it's a very odd thing when you see like okay well these guys have like these budgets and they're not updating but then you see novation which kudos to novation for the bait the uh base station two update and what oh it changed the totally it flipped the how long has that thing been out oh my god like that was yeah. amazing that they did that and and i'll say um i i, I have to say that akai has definitely turned over a new leaf since, since the MPC X, MPC Live, uh, even the Touch and Ren. Like, they have been really, like, every month, every other month on the updates. Like, you get several, like, a good handful of updates every year from yeah. that. It'd be awesome if they just, like, remembered that the MPC originally was, like, used for MIDI. That would be amazing. <laughs> hey, hi. Man, I like MIDI yeah, input from I, multiple sources. Talking about though, like I don't understand. I mean, I don't know. I guess I've used my MIDI very simply. So anybody who wants to play keys with one hand and finger drum with the other knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. We anybody who wants to use an external sequencer with their MPC or like an arpeggiator or anything like that knows what I'm talking about. Like. The fact that I can't dictate what what MIDI channel each program is on, come on, no MPC couldn't do that up up until now. Like, yeah, well, that ain't my use case, man. I, I uh, and I've used a lot of so yeah, it it it's uh, what I do not like is that there are things that older MPCs could do that some of these newer MPCs can't do. And if you're used to that use case, then it becomes a huge problem. I, I definitely agree with that. It, it's it's I, I know that I'm definitely not the only one who who's upset with the MIDI implementation of the current MPC line. So I'll, I'll just I'll leave it at that without harping for, for too long. Oh, no, we get it. <laughs> I just, I just want, like I had to take the yeah, NPC off of my desk. I had, I had to take it off my desk, and I was trying hard to, to keep the machine off of my desk because it's got issues too, and I don't really have faith in the direction that they're heading with things either. So I'm like, man, it's just oh. how hard they all get so thing. close, and then they all just half-ass it. <laughs> You know what I think, too, is, man, I think part of this thing, because I don't think any of us are completely 100 percent satisfied with any of these companies that make stuff. I think part of the thing is time is moving really quick with technological advances and everybody's trying to capture lightning in a bottle rather than seeing things through to, you know what I mean, full development, full use case. And I think also there's too many. Everything is trying to be everything else. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you get all this stuff all jumbled up where, you know, some devices don't need to be the every device. Right. And so it, I think it causes a situation where cats can't necessarily focus on the basics and the, the primary and the or lose sight of what the target is sometimes. Yeah, I, I hear you. I just I don't know. I think I think there's been a a move in the industry as a whole towards mm -hmm. this these short product cycles where yeah. uh they and also they're focused on different um different newer money making schemes like you've got akai uh all these integrations their, with their splice integration and you've got yeah. native instruments has their sounds integration and they're more focused on selling additional microtransactions basically like video games did for for the longest time now 
and yeah, less the, on the power user, you know? It's the iOS app sort of paradigm. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody wants that residual, that that persistent income, that income, passive income, basically, where you can you have a, 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 a ecosystem that's designed for people to not just buy uh, the hardware and then you get them at the next time you make hardware, but they've created, everybody wants to create that Apple iOS sort of ecosystem where there's passive income coming at all times, not just at when your hardware cycles through to the new version. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's kind of kind of messed up some of the other things where, you know, there's not the development focus on some of the things. I mean, that's another that, three-hour conversation. I mean, we, we can go deep into yeah. the, the, the monetary aspects and development aspects of, of what development cycles look like. Like, just, just to, not to go too deep, but one of the things that really strikes me when I see people talking about new product releases is it's become a, a, a norm now instead of an exception where companies are announcing products while they're in the development stage, yeah, like yeah. early development stage. <laughs> and they'll true. even tell the the people, hey, this is going to be in development, but the customers are not used to this yet and they don't understand it. They're not in the music instrument world. They don't know what a development cycle means. Mm -hmm. So for instance, like I've got the RD808 sitting right in front of me and people are like, oh, that should have been out months ago. And it's like, no, no, no. They announced to you that it was in development, development just a couple right. months ago. Like, yeah. how long do you think a development cycle actually takes? Like, people have no people idea. don't have the knowledge of that. And it's not their fault because it's not their job. But yeah. the problem is, is that these companies are trying to build build money up in in the front, you know, and then you have distributors who are taking pre-sales for gear without even talking to the companies that they're purchasing the gear from. They're just like, oh, we know this gear is coming. We'll we'll get that pre-sale money now. You know yep, what I mean? Like, yep. give me that money, and that's it makes huge, everybody look that's like they're an idiot. Huge problem for me too, yo. And I've we've had these conversations where I'm sick of these companies putting out underdeveloped stuff and maybe never getting around to the updates or these companies, you know, uh, forcing the early adopters to early adopter, aka buyers to be beta testers that that stuff i can't stand it and, and well, that's why i kind of said dude that's why I, I backed away from like buying anything like dave smith day one anymore because of of the tempest and, and what happened with that like and it was it it wasn't just the false the, the false promises of it it was the mm -hmm. fact that like you know it was literally a beta. Like it was a, it not only was it a beta, but it was an early beta and it was for a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, when I see these kinds of things, like the pioneer thing, I'm like, that looks really cool, but that's not their typical lane. So I'm going to go slow on, on jumping on board with that. Like I'm very interested. I'd like to check it out. Um, I'm very interested in it, but I'm, I'm not going to like just jump. I'm going to be yeah. like, okay, let me, let me, go slow on this no i feel that i definitely feel that so yo i think we uh i don't know man we got anything tell us what you what you're working on as of late and uh let's close the show out i'm not allowed to talk about what i've been working yeah, on. yeah that's and so ladies and gentlemen that's the good stuff when when anybody on this podcast can't talk about what they're working on you are about to have some fun in the coming months <laughs> i will say this, one. I will say this one. i'm working on a few different projects right now 
all of which people are going to really enjoy. We all have a really bright future um, that is going to make a lot of people really, really happy. Yes. Um, and I will say uh, I haven't been putting out sound packs or anything recently because I've been grinding on this other stuff. So, like, you know, if, if you keep an eye on the, on the website, like, I'll try to get something up sometime soon. I have a bunch of half-finished sample packs and that sort of thing, but I just other projects projects are under a much tighter deadline and i gotta focus on where it needs to be but um i did if you're an er301 user i uploaded that lo-fi sampler um that i did a uh, i did a show on on my channel so youtube.com flux 302 or flux with it you'll get there either way but uh i did a lo-fi sampler for the er301 and i've released it so that you can go download it go to shop.fluxwithit.com and you can download that sampler and then uh, I, I'm also, I put out a free sample pack for ER301 users. Um, uh, I'm getting a question. Did I do presets on the micro freak? Yes, I did do presets on the micro freak. I did. I want to say 20 or 25 of them, something like that. Oh. Um, so, and that's shipping today now. Like, like that's actually shipping. So you can, if you go and buy one, like they, they are shipping now. So I know that for a fact. So. Word. And uh, so, yeah, I got some reviews to catch up on um i definitely i got this h9 with the hot sauce that will be coming soon i have uh, a couple of things one the the core two um dipole uh shoot the q pass yeah you uh, is that the stereo dipole from sss yeah, the stereo oh, dipole yep. so bad and then uh the swn and i also have the polyam medusa over here that i'll be doing some videos on so i got a lot of videos coming but like i said for those that know i gotta get through this uh graduation season with my daughter and then Amen. the videos will start coming at you fast and furious hey, real and, quick, have you had a chance to mess with that that medusa since since it came back into the lab um i haven't it just got here a few days ago Okay. So I'm looking forward yeah, I'm to looking plugging forward it up to and, and digging into it, man. Because, and I got to say, I kind of like the digital side of it more than the analog side of it. But at the same time, when you blend the two, it's it's kind of dope too. So I love digital analog hybrids. So yeah, I'm, yeah, it, it really has a good character when you start blending the joints. So yeah, that should be fun. Uh, I got yeah, a couple. Man, of I'm gonna have some footage from Super Booth coming up for y'all um today or tomorrow i'll be releasing episode six of how i use it on the stereo dipole so look out for that um yeah and um yeah i'll be leaving wednesday to go to Superboo, so i'll have some footage for y'all after that man so that's what's up word so uh oh hold on Ooh. oh and my my v2 cord will be here monday so y'all yeah <laughs> no doubt yeah, I can't wait to see what, what you do with the, the Cord V2, man. So that's going to be dope. But uh, yeah, and, and another thing is go cop these t-shirts on beatpeople.com, B-E-A-T-P-P-L.com. Uh, there's also some sample packs from, uh, obviously, a ton of sample packs from myself. Flux has some joints up there. Get some more Flux's joints up there. And you know, other people from the crew with sample packs up there. And, you know, we're gonna be coming to a town near you doing edutainment sort of things with ModVap. 
Um, so we'll be doing workshops and live beat performances. So that's revving up as we speak. So look forward to us coming to a town near you. And uh, you have a venue or you know a store that sells modular and synthesis, or you have anything that you do with the youth that, that teaches hip hop and production, holler at the mod crew and we'd be happy to kind of set something up to come through and do a talk about modular synthesis and hip hop. So yeah, uh, that's what's up. This is the Beat People Podcast, episode 46 in the can. We'll check y'all out next time. Peace. Peace.